0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Investec Property Fund pre-closed briefing update. All participants will be in listen-only mode. There will be an opportunity to ask questions later Mm -hmm. during the conference. If you should need assistance during the call, please signal for an operator by pressing star, then zero. Please note that this call is being recorded. I'd now like to turn the conference over to Andrew Willow. Please go ahead, sir.
1: All right, thanks, Todd, and uh, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, well, thanks for taking the time out uh, to listen in. We'll run through the, uh, the pre-close to 31 March, and then we'll take questions at the end. Um, just setting the scene from a group perspective, certainly the objectives that we set at the beginning of the year, I think we've we've done well to, to achieve, and we're still on track to meet our dip guidance that we gave at interim results. That is around 10 to 12% up, on the prior year. We've certainly seen a nice stabilization of the South African business, a reduction in the vacancy levels, uh, most notably in industrial, and obviously a significant reduction in the amount of COVID relief uh, over the course of the last 12 months relative to the prior year. Uh, The European platform continues to perform really nicely, and we'll get into some of that detail a little bit later on. We're seeing good momentum um, into the second half, and as we go towards the year-end in a few weeks' time, and a nice recovery in the domestic market with noticeable improvement, as I mentioned earlier, in the leasing activity. Europe continues to show very favorable market dynamics, and again, that supports the underlying performance of that business. At a dividend level, we'll continue to to target a 95% payout ratio. That's underpinned by strong earnings as well as a strong balance sheet, where our LTV remains stable at around 38%, and a continued uh, focus certainly over the last 12 to 18 months has been around ESG. There's been a lot of work done there, and and we'll give you further updates on that progress when we report our final results in May. As I mentioned, in terms of South Africa, well, certainly the the global operating environment has been turbulent. We're all aware of what is going on abroad. Um, it, it feels like as soon as you, as soon as there's a little bit of stability, something else happens. Uh, the, the good news is that in a lot of ways, a lot of what's happened over the last two years and then in the last uh, six months has played into our uh, favour from an underlying property perspective, uh, both, well, certainly across Europe. And we're starting to see green shoots here in South Africa. a business perspective and uh, more notably I think in the office market where some of the return to work policies are starting to take effect um, and we're seeing a lot more activity there. Uh, When we talk about the industrial market locally, um, you've seen our vacancy rate move down to the low single digits off of a high this time last year of around 20% and we're seeing very strong activity in that space as the industrialists um, really bolster their, their businesses, and on the retail side, you know we've always had very dominant centres. We've continued to um, experience strong performance from them, um, and, and that has led to some probably the strongest results in uh, in our portfolio over the course of the last 12 months. From a strategic priority perspective, just to recap, nothing has shifted, and we continue to focus on these five or six key areas mainly focusing on, on the defensive nature of the investments, the, the quality thereof, and a real focus on the hands-on asset management of the, of the properties. I think that is what is going to set our portfolio apart uh, over the course of the next 12 to 24 months. There's been a, a significant focus on rationalizing and simplifying the asset base, both locally and offshore, and a focus on capital recycling to bolster sustainable capital and income returns to shareholders. The liability um, balance sheet management remains, as always, a key focus, and we'll get into some of the detail later on, but certainly you know, the balance sheet sits in a very strong position, and we continue to search for um, value-enhancing acquisition opportunities, as well as looking to tap into new sources of capital to support the growth of the business moving forward. I think if we dive into the detail uh, in South Africa, at a uh, portfolio level, base MPI, we're expecting to deliver somewhere between 8 and 10% growth year over year. As I mentioned up front, some of that is in relation to the lower COVID relief or rental concessions, but most significantly in relation to the letting activity that has taken place this year where we've let around 92% of space that came back at us this year. Um, vacancy rates have moved from 11.4% in March uh, 21 down to around 6% um, coming into the year end. So that's a significant improvement and on track with where we told the market pretty much at the start of this financial year. So good to see that that the guys and the team have delivered against where they thought they would be. Uh, reversions are still negative, around about 11%, and that is largely driven by the office sector. Um, we continue to, to look at disposing and recycling the capital. We've got around about a billion, as mentioned at half-year, uh, that we're we actively looking to trade. 400-odd million of that has been signed and, and is awaiting transfer, and we'd expect some movement over the course of the next three to six months uh, in terms of the remainder of that. As I mentioned up front, the retail sector, which makes up about 40% of our portfolio, has shown the strongest growth, largely because of, uh, you know, that was the sector that was hardest hit. In the first year of COVID, so you've got far fewer um, concessions there. Uh, Based MPI, we're expecting to be uh, coming in around 16 to 18 percent year over year. The vacancy is pretty much static at around 4 percent. Really good to see the trading stats coming out of the centers, uh, really, really strong turnover growth of around 10 percent and footfall up to December was up around 5 percent. So again, good operating metrics that we're seeing across each of our centers. Industrial sector is probably the star when you think about um, the leasing side, vacancy down to 2%. At half year, it was 10.5%, and I'm, if I'm correct, at March last year, we were closer to 20 So that's going to bring us in in terms of the base MPI at an industrial level at around 9 to 11%, which is a really strong result for that segment of our business. Office, as expected, uh, a fairly low base growth, around two to three percent. Um, vacancy has been maintained, around fourteen percent. The single biggest makeup of that remains in Randburg, one single building uh, that makes up about five percent of that fourteen percent. And then there's been very little movement over the course of the last four or five months in both Townsend and Rosebank. In our portfolio, uh, that vacancy makes up around four and a half percent. So, um, yeah, what I did mention earlier in terms of, in terms of the, the back to work and, and certainly the roads are getting busier around Gauteng, and we are starting to see a lot more interest from corporates as they start to come back to the office. Uh, moving abroad and, and looking at Europe, uh, there's continued buoyancy in the that logistics sector, uh, huge weight of capital, uh, massive demand from uh, third-party users and that continues to to drive earnings at a a European level. MPI, we're looking at, and this is all in euros, around 3 3 to 5% base growth at an MPI level, Um, low vacancy at around 2%, and we've managed to deal with approximately 95% of the space that came back at us in the year, as well as, I think, pretty much 100% of the opening vacancy that we had at the start of the year. And that uh, we, we've experienced somewhere around four percent positive rental reversions over the course of the last uh, 10, 11 months. That will translate at, a, at an earnings level in euros at a, at a European platform level uh, to around five to six percent. Um, there's a little bit of leakage that takes place from the top line to the bottom line because of some higher corporate and tax costs. Um, and then we've had the benefit this year of effectively unwinding. Some unused rental guarantees from the deal in February 2020. And if you strip that out, um, we would be slightly lower, uh, slightly below, um, below zero at an earnings level when we look at it in ZAR. From a valuation perspective in Europe, we are expecting significant uplifts in the market value uh, as we come into the year end. Um, and that is, like I said up front, driven by the strong market dynamics that we're seeing on both the, uh, the demand side, the capital side, as well as the shortage in supply. Um, we continue to look in terms of the best way to extract value for shareholders and maximize that value. So we're looking at, uh, we continue to look at the introduction of third party capital as well as capital recycling opportunities. The market has certainly become um, expensive um, and, and the pricing to a certain extent acts as a natural inhibitor uh, to capital deployment into Core Plus, and the arbitrage between, or the gap between Core Plus and Core product is certainly closed, and so we are assessing options in terms of where best to put capital as we look to expand that business, or we consider our um, our options to maximize value from that platform over time. Just to, to run through our balance sheet, uh, really nicely positioned, uh, certainly in this interest rate environment, we're 80% hedged. We've had a re- confirmation from GCR in terms of our credit rating, so we're sitting um, pretty much where we were with a, a stable outlook. We've got very strong liquidity, a very strong liquidity position, so we've got a, about a billion rand of committed and unutilized facilities, and the debt that matures over the next 12 months, a, a significant portion of that is already in process in terms of refinancing and is backed by that, that billion of uncommitted. Uh, of committed facilities. So to close, uh, and just to reiterate guidance as we come into 31 March, um, we still believe that we'll be delivering um, dips growth of somewhere between 10 and 12%, and, and a payout ratio of 95%. We don't see any pressure on the balance sheet from an LTV perspective, and so we'd expect that to remain stable. Mm-hmm. And certainly um, in South Africa, we we are uh, mildly optimistic about what the next Um, the next three to six months has in store. If uh, if there's anything to go go on and and certainly the relaxation of some of the COVID regulations will hopefully strengthen that and we would continue to expect to see a a strong performance coming out of Europe. Um, So I think that is is pretty much it. I think um, hopefully when we talk again in May, in the final in, in the results presentation, we'll be able to do so face-to-face for the first time in, in almost uh, two years, and, and we certainly look forward to it. With that, I think it's uh, over to you, Kylie. just in terms of Q&A.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you very much, sir. If you would like to ask a question, please press star then 1 on your touch tone phone or on the keypad on your screen. If you decide to withdraw your question, please press star, then 2, to remove yourself from the list. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then 1. We will pause to see if there are any questions. The first question comes from Moisho Nene from SBG Securities. Please go ahead, Moisho.
2: Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> I just want to just... Um uh, get a little bit more clarity on the rental guarantee um, that is basically going to affect the income from um, from Pell. I think I might have just maybe missed that part. Uh, some further explanation would be appreciated.
1: Sure. So effectively, the way that was structured in the original transaction was almost an upfront um, payment by the by the seller, um, and we've leased the space well ahead of our original business plan. And so you're left with a, uh, an excess of, of guarantees sitting on the balance sheet. And so you've been able to realize that and push that through the P&L this year um, or in the, in the previous
2: years um, relative to the current I year. See. Okay, cool. So it's almost like sort of negative base effects, but no problem. And, and then yeah. just, just with the, with the um, LTV now, I mean, it seems like things are extremely stable with regards to COVID. I'm just wondering now what you guys would see as your LTV target on a group level. It seems like there could be more room to push up if you guys want to expand and grow.
1: Yes, I think you know we we've guided over time that a medium-term target is is probably closer to 30 to 35%. There are a couple of levers there. One, obviously, valuation, and we'd see that uh, that potential upside coming through from Europe. Two is some of the capital recycling. Um, activity that we're undertaking here in South Africa. I think important for us is having the headroom to transact, um, and you know both locally and abroad, cash is king. And so if you've got the capacity, you you really there's some interesting opportunities floating around, but you need to be able to move quickly. I think at, when you're sitting in, in the high 30s, there's just a little bit more pressure on the balance sheet that you uh, need to be cautious of. Also moving into an interest rate environment, an inflationary environment that that is new. You know,
2: we'd rather be a little bit more conservative on that LTV than uh, than aggressive. Okay, so almost like um, you want some capacity to be able to expand. So it being on the sort of lower thirties sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And just one more question. Hopefully, not sort of hogging this. Um, with regard to the office sector as well. Now, I mean. Have your guys' views sort of changed a lot recently? Are you guys still as maybe worried as you were maybe sort of 12 months ago? And how do you think that you guys sort of stack up um, relative to the rest of the market in terms of sort of office, office outlook here? I mean, so
1: maybe if I hand that one over to Daryl. you want to pick that up, Daryl? Okay.
3: Thanks, Marisha. Yeah. So, look, I think the trends there's, – there's kind of two trends you see in office at the moment. The one is a return to work, which is boding well for the assets that – You know, it bodes well for our kind of Samson Rose Bank assets. Uh, Our our kind of suburban assets in Bryanston have performed exceptionally well throughout uh, throughout the COVID environment as well as uh, I expect that that's that's going to be seeing really green shirts, you know, even better going forward. Because I think in terms of where people are seeing the, you know, they want to work close to home. They want to work close to amenities, and I think that is a big thing with the smaller users. So corporates' return to work will help us on that side, and the they call it the suburban nodes are going to perform well. The second trend I think, which hasn't changed, is there's not a lot of new users in the market. So you know you've got to fight hard. This is a market about client retention, not about client acquisition. I think it's very difficult to find clients in this market because of the price. Because you you become a price taker. So for us, it's about you know S, uh, the the centen Santon Rosebank, as we said, if we could uh, end the year where we started, we would have done well. Um, but that's not the message that we carry to the market in terms of our suburban nodes, where actually we we strive for excellence there. So. Thanks,
2: guys
0: thank you ladies and gentlemen just another reminder if you'd like to ask a question please press star then one if you'd like to ask a question please press star then one the next question comes from denise mshanga from business day please go ahead my question is a follow-up on the offices are you going to be selling some of your office assets particularly in rosbank or Santin? and the second question is for andrew you spoke about the market's becoming expensive, and you were talking about, specifically about Europe, and I missed the last part. So if you can perhaps um,
3: <clears throat> speak about that again, please. Thank you. Could I take the first one, Andrew? you happy? Yeah, I'll go. Yes. Um, So look, the assets in Rosebank and, Cent and um, You know, I think what we have to do is get through, get through the cycle. First of all, I don't think there's easy liquidity in the office sector. The second thing is that these are assets that are actually in good locations. They are just suffering as a result of kind of our economic growth. You know, low GDP doesn't introduce any new tenants to the market. Um, But these are good assets, and you're going to have to – there would be a significant erosion of value if you were to dispose those assets. So they're not for sale. Um, There's two assets in the portfolio in Sampson which are suffering with the same vacancy um, as a result of inactivity in the market and they are slightly off pieced in terms of uh, I guess when you look at the market today they're not as a, they're not in a perfect location as as some of the other assets. So we've got assets in Sandown Valley Crescent. Um, you know our view was always to own to own a substandard asset in the in the best area is probably better than the best asset in the in the, in a substandard area. Um, but what's happened now is that I think people have got such wide choice uh, that suddenly you've got to – you know, you do have to kind of look at assets that are no longer core to the portfolio, but I, I I don't think it's possible to offload them. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Daryl. Uh, I think just coming to the European piece, you know, the, um, the market has certainly shifted there from a pricing perspective. I think the, the point I was trying to make earlier was that you know, in terms of an entry point where we, where we got in effectively four years ago relative to today, the pricing differential between core product and core plus, and we've always tried to play in that core plus value add space where there's the a need, a real need for hands-on asset management, local expertise to unlock value or stabilize an asset, de-risk that asset. But that pricing gap has, has closed significantly. Um, so we need to consider where we deploy capital and how we deploy capital. We've got you know a fantastic management team on the ground there, experience that's sort across of all of our core markets. And and certainly if you look at the performance of that business over time since we've been invested, and what we've managed to do from a, a, a you know some of the core operating metrics, um, it is fantastic to see. But to compete, you know, for us to compete against big global capital. In the core space, you know, 10, 15 year leases is just not where we're going to be able to, to play. I think for us, there are some capital recycling opportunities given what and how we've been able to manage that portfolio. And we've moved a lot of the stock from a uh, core plus value add product or or asset into that core bucket. Um, And, and we can probably go up the risk curve a little bit um, with the team and with the capital uh, as and when opportunities arise
0: thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen just one final reminder if you'd like to ask a question please press star then one if you'd like to ask a question please press star then one we will pause to see if there are any further questions before we conclude Andrew we have no further questions in the queue can I perhaps hand back to you for closing remarks
1: yeah, sure. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. Um, again, appreciate the time. And, and uh, I know that everyone is busy, but it would be good to see you all, hopefully, in May. We look forward to that. Um, and until then, yeah, let's, let's hope that things continue as they are right now with a little bit of positivity and optimism, certainly on the local markets. But, yeah, thanks very much.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's conference. Thank you for joining us. You may now disconnect your lines.